Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to be worshiping with you this morning. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in on these Sundays for these online worship experiences. You know, hope has been thriving through this really difficult time. And part of the reason is because we have stayed together while we're apart through this online worship time. And uh, so by by tuning in, you're saying that you recognize that you're still a part of this community of faith called Hope. You know, forever, we've always said that central to everything we do is worship. So we worship together as a community, and then we go out in various ways that we serve and grow and so forth, but it all comes back to worship. And the fact that we continue to have the kinds of numbers we have of you worshiping with us wherever you are um, is part of the reason that we continue to do so well. If you're new and have found us online, we're so excited uh, to have you as a part of this Hope community. It's a great, great church, and uh, we're just excited uh, that God is continuing to do wonderful things through this community of faith. So we're starting a new series. Uh, We're calling it Hope 3.0. Uh, We are in the midst of celebrating our 30th anniversary, which is really crazy to me. Yeah, 30 years, right? (laughs) You know, I started the church at 14 years old, and uh, so that's... So you're in your mid-40s. I'm in my mid... Feeling young, feeling a young... You know you're old when you think your mid-40s is young. Yeah. but uh, so the church has been uh, together for 30 years. So the 3.0 is kind of a play on that. But it's also a recognition that God is doing uh, great things in us. And so each year at our anniversary, we typically use it as a time for vision casting. It's an opportunity for us to look back and to see what God has done with us and through us in the past to recognize what's going on right now, the ministries that are happening right now. And you saw some examples of that in one of the earlier videos. And then to be looking out on the horizon and to be asking where the Spirit of God is leading us next. What's next for us? Because there's always a next. And that's really kind of the theme of the scripture that we're going to be unpacking this morning from Philippians. Yeah, we heard it earlier in the service. It was from Philippians chapter 1. And Paul is writing this letter to a church in Philippi. Now, he had visited Philippi back in Acts chapter 16. And I, I just, what I love about the book of or the letter that he wrote in Philippians is that it's, he shows this real great admiration and love for the, for the people yeah. living in Philippi. But yet in Acts chapter 16, we find that he had actually been arrested and put in jail when he visited them. I certainly wouldn't be writing a letter to a church if I had gone to jail <laughs> during my experience there. Yeah. But, I, but there's a reason I think Paul had such great fondness for this church. The church began with a woman and her family, a healed demon-possessed girl, and a jailer and his family. And uh, he offers some encouragement to those believers, and it's up on the screen here. It says this, God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished. And I really think that's a clue into what uh, Paul loves so much about this church, is that people's lives were being changed by God, because the church 
is a spiritual enterprise. That uh, We celebrate life change. We believe that Jesus can change a person's life, that, that our past is forgiven, that we've talked about our own personal experiences of, of finding Jesus and having our past forgiven, yeah. knowing that God loves us no matter what. And we get the privilege now as pastors of, uh, I've said this often, of, of being in the front row to see lives being changed. So uh, since the spring, we've been watching people serve in new ways to see the church declared that the the kingdom of God is here and now, even in the midst of a pandemic and, uh, you know, watching marriages be restored, watching people find their spiritual gifts. And my favorite is when we see someone who had no faith story begin a Mm -hmm. journey of spiritual growth. I think it's just so exciting. And, you know, the church does a lot of good things. And of all the good the church does, the greatest good is when someone discovers God's love and God's forgiveness for them through Jesus. And, and you know, we can do lots of good in the world, but the reason for the church and the reason for this church is all about spiritual life change. Absolutely. So important. So, um when we read that scripture, it's, we often, you know, internalize it and make it personal, right? He who began a good work in in you, you, in you, in me. And, uh, but we recognize that Paul was actually writing this to the church. He who began a good work in y'all, he who began a good work in the church, in us, and he's going to carry that on to completion. So in 1990, God began to do a good work in us. Mm. And so even if you weren't here in 1990, which the vast majority of those of you who are watching this, um, you weren't around in 1990, you came sometime along the way, but God had begun to do a good work in us and God continued when you came and God continues to do that good work in us. But back in 1990, some of the good work that God was doing in us was planting in our DNA some things like we were going to be a church that accepted people as they were and where they were. So you didn't have to come and be all cleaned up and have it all together and all figured out. You didn't have to have a fully developed faith. In fact, you didn't have to have any faith at all. We accepted people where they were and as they were. But God loves us too much to let us stay there. And so part of our DNA became, we want you to take the next step. So no matter where you are in your faith, whether you are seeking faith and you don't have a faith in Jesus, or you are a fully devoted follower of Jesus, no matter where you are, there is always, always a next step. And so that's been part of our DNA. We've also uh, developed this uh, DNA as God has been doing this good work in us that we recognize that our faith is a team sport. It's not a solo act. It's not about lone rangers, you know, having their own uh, private faith with Jesus, that we are growing together, that my gifts help you grow, your gifts help me grow. And uh, so it's this kind of team sport uh, as, as uh, we've come to understand it. And that we, as we have continued and as God has continued to grow us up in this, that we've come to recognize that this faith isn't just for our own benefit, but for the sake of others, that as we're growing and developing in Christ, that we are going to be be a blessing to the lives of others. Right, that development is a process, right? We talk about that, that faith isn't a one-time experience, that it is this process. 
process of being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ for the sake of others. And so it's about our participation with the Holy Spirit, that spiritual growth happens over a lifetime. It's not this one-time event. It, it, it can happen in so many different ways, too. There really is no limit to how God can change someone's life and how God can have that happen. You know, we have our strategies where we talk about inviting and connecting and growing and serving. And, and we've seen, and I've seen people who have grown in their faith in all those different strategies. So sometimes it's because someone invites someone to come to church. They invite them to an event at church or, or, and, 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 or the person is invited to be part of a small group. And, and those connections then tend to grow someone in their faith or they're, they're invited to serve in, in, in a way here at the church. And yeah. each story becomes unique. And I really was thinking back as we were preparing for this, I was reminded when I was in youth ministry, uh, there was a... Um, a paintball event. And paintball is the least spiritual thing you can probably do in the church. I don't think there's anything less spiritual than paintball. Probably but right. there was a young man who, when he was sharing his faith story, talked about finding Jesus because he was invited by someone else to go play paintball at our church. Mm. And I was like, that doesn't seem like the story you would normally tell. But yet that's how it could happen because there's no limit to what God can do. And, but really, the question we need to ask is, all of us have a next step, and so what is that next step that we're going to take in our faith journey? Yeah, so the beautiful thing about the scripture for me is, it starts at the beginning. He who began, you know, that's the beginning, but will carry it on. There's this sense of progress that, that there's still more to do. There's still more to grow, and uh, it's not a static thing. Imagine if this church, back in 1990, decided that, you know, we've done all that we need to do. We're not going to grow anymore because growth means change, and change makes people uncomfortable. And so if this church had, back in 1990, said, it's great, and it was great. Like, we were having a great time, and, and uh, uh, people were growing and so forth. It could have been, it would, would have been very tempting to say, we're good. This is as far as we need to go, and we're just going to live in this. But God had more to us. He was carrying us forward into the next thing. And so one of the ways that that played out at, uh, at that time was the church had kind of outgrown Signal Hill School. And we could have said, you know, well, you know, we'll figure it out and we're just going to stay here. We were out of chairs and out of rooms to uh, have Sunday school classes and so forth. And the church would have begun to decline, right? But we made a decision that we were going to pack up and move to the high school. And I can't capture enough how scary that was uh, back then. We're not sure if this is going to work and how that's going to go and so forth. But that church, that group of people made the decision that God was still carrying us forward, that there was still more to do. And so we moved into the high school and uh, it, was a, it was a challenging transition, but, but God used that for, for good things for us and uh, uh, to bless others because of it. There's more for us to do. There's more that God wants to teach us. There's more that God wants to do in us. And so we're in this season now, in 2020, we never expected to be in the midst of a pandemic where we wouldn't be able to meet together. And the question becomes, you know, is God still carrying us through? Is he who began a good work in us 
continuing to carry it on. And of course, we believe that he is. So what is it that God is teaching us now? What is God wanting us to know? What is God wanting us to do in this season into the future? And uh, so we're looking into that. We're trying to, we're praying into that and trying to figure that out. Uh, Pastor Rick is a great researcher. And uh, so in your research on uh, what's going on in the church these days, uh, you came across some really interesting thing from Barna. Yeah, Barna Research Group did a a national survey and they asked churchgoers, actually, I'm sorry, let me make sure I say it correctly. They asked churchgoers which they prefer, physical gatherings or digital gatherings. And and some of the results are that 50% of people preferred physical and 10% preferred digital. Now, that's not surprising, right? Because we have grown up uh, going to physical locations. We expect that the church is part of uh, some kind of a building or gathering, and so we would assume that. 10% though said that they prefer digital. This is what was so fascinating is that there's, if you do the math, 40% are missing. 40% 40% said either. And so, the, so the, the conclusion of Barna is that churches need to move forward and adapt to the digital space and the physical space and create a digital reality. Digital <laughs> reality. That. And uh, uh, digital is this combining of the, of the word digital and physical. And how do we then move into this next era of ministry, discovering what a digital church experience, and I'm going to learn how to say that yeah, word yeah. much better, uh, <laughs> what a digital church experience looks like. You and, know, when we did our survey, just uh, oh, real yeah. quick, uh, this 10% uh, that Barna found when we did our survey for Hope, we had over 20% of our folks said that they intend to continue to do digital uh, even after a vaccine and so forth. So there's a lot of folks that are finding the digital platform to be the best way for them to connect. Yeah, so a digital reality is really the, a great next uh, a step for us. You know, so we launched, in res- we launched our digital campus in response to a pandemic. And something that we didn't expect when we launched is we had this immediate expanded influence. Uh, Every weekend, over 10 states are represented uh, uh, because of our digital campus. And every Sunday, this is kind of a little fun thing, every Sunday we connect with two members who are living in Italy. So hello, Donnelly and Art, because we know you're watching. And those folks were here in 1990 at that very first service. Very first service, yeah. They're sticking with us even in Italy. Yes, and so they're going to be our first uh, Italian campus, all right? (laughs) Uh, And also, so just just a comment on on people who are watching. If you're watching in the D.C. area, we see that there's a cluster of you in D.C. You're usually in the top four of our states, so it's it's, uh, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and then DC falls in three or four. Wow. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. So if you could reach out at rick at meethope.org, we'd love to see that, uh, love to find out who you are and, and find a way for us to get connected even, even more than just through the digital campus. I sense a road trip. Yeah. <laughs> That's really great. Yeah, so, you know, when you think about this, in 1990, 30 years ago, the way that we connected with people was by the telephone, right? And I'm not talking about cell phones. Nobody had a cell phone then. Uh, It was that phone, you know, that had a cord that went into the wall and had a cord that, you know, to the receiver. That telephone is how we connected with people in 1990. Today, in Mm -hmm. 2020, it's digitally 
that we're reaching new people, that we're connecting with people digitally. What's important and what is unchanging is that God wants to meet people. People want to meet God. Hope is a meeting place. Whatever platform, whatever methodology, whatever technology we can use, we want to help people meet God and grow in that relationship in Jesus Christ. It's all about meeting people where they are and inviting them to walk with Jesus. And when we do that, when the church does that, what can happen is amazing. You know, we're not together physically right now, but we are doing extraordinary ministry. You know, when, when we were planning this um, uh, 30th anniversary celebration, we weren't planning on doing any kind of uh, fundraising event. But as we moved into the summer and we began to hear about and, and see the needs around us, we thought, this is an opportunity for this church to continue to express the love of Jesus in a tangible kind of way. And that's where the 30-30-30 challenge came in, raising $90,000 from the middle of September to the end of November in that time frame. And 30000 will go to helping our own families, people here at Hope Church. 30000 will go to help our neighbors who are food insecure through our food pantry ministry. And 30000 to go to supporting ministries in inner cities like Camden and around the state of New Jersey. And uh, so you've been uh, giving to that. And all we've been asking is to do your best. And uh, so I don't know the exact number right now, Rick, but I think we're about halfway wow. to that 90,000, which is amazing. If you haven't had a chance to give, I want to invite you to do that and to do whatever you can. If the best that you can do is $5, that $5 matters. Mm -hmm. If you can give $1,000, that $1,000 matters mm -hmm. as we seek to raise this money uh, for the sake of others, to show in tangible ways the love of Jesus. That's what a healthy, thriving church can do. So let's end out our time uh, with prayer, and then we'll, uh, we'll go back over to the band to lead us out. Let's pray. So God, thank you. Thank you for the ways that you began a good work in this community of faith called Hope. Thank you, Lord, for the ways that it has carried on over three decades and continues today. And thank you that you're going to carry it on to completion, that you're going to work in and through a community of Christ followers who are committed above all else to following you wherever you may lead, not afraid of change, but embracing change so that we might grow as individuals and as a community of faith. And so we ask for your continued guidance. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, minds to understand, and hearts to receive the ways that you are calling us to be your church in the here and now. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.